but our children choose us in spirit world. They choose with, from whom they're going to come through. And I love the parents who come to me and they're so dug in them. I can't get my kid to do this. And I, my, my, my ex won't do this, by the way, I never use the word ex. I train all of my clients. That's no longer, if you're, if you're divorced, you have a former husband or wife, you have my kid's mom or my kid's dad, or you can use their first name. This is no longer welcome in the vernacular when you have raising awareness that our kids are half of each of us. So when we say negative things about the, their other parent, it pierces through their heart. In order and to that's get not to that even in person. divorced households. I mean, that happens every right. day right. in the cul-de-sac, and, right? <laughs> and and so what I what I say is actually the deeper message is it's one third. They're one third mom, one third dad, one third egg, one third sperm, and one third spirit. Yeah. Wow. Insert part A into part B, shake 10, 20 minutes, 40 if you're lucky. And <laughs> Uh, you know, grab the remote and nine months later, something comes out <laughs> Oh my God. and who can claim ownership on that? Who's fighting in court? You didn't make the child. So, mm. and even in intact relationships, when you're fighting with your children, right? They're their own beings. They are coming from spirit as teachers. And what are they oh teaching? God. Patience, tolerance compassion, acceptance, diversity. Hey parents, welcome back to Parenting on Purpose, your podcast for parenting out of the box. I'm so excited for our guest today. I have Stu with us and he is a man of many talents and many different specificities. So it's going to be quite a fun journey. Stu, how are you? Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting to uh, to share a like-minded, like open-hearted, light worker spirit. Nice to see you. I love what you do and the way you show up. Like, obviously, our, our podcast guests see you in this modality, but just to see you in your professional world, all the things that you're doing, it's so cool. And it's just so cool for me to see someone who's like whole in so many different areas showing up and being able to tap into whatever the situation needs and go because that's kind of parenthood and i'm looking forward to playing around in that in that space um so i usually start with a question but i feel like that's so loaded for you but we're just going to play with it and see where it goes um, so because of who you are and what you do i'm going to have you introduce yourself so i don't butcher it um horribly but i do want you as you begin to introduce yourself can you give our audience a little insight into your life and how you show up on purpose and then you can tie that into your intro any way you see fit. How I show up on purpose. I'm just me. I'm just a guy. I'm just the messenger. Um, what I do here is I came to the planet uh, from a star far, far away. Um, I'm a transplanted New Yorker. First of all, I'm coming to you from San Diego, California, which is one of the greatest places ever and next to New York. But I'm here to serve. And my journey has been through corporate sales and marketing and advertising CEO to today, shamanic energy healer and um, transformational motivational speaker. So my mission, everyone should have a mission. Parents, if your kids, if you don't have a mission, your kids aren't going to have a mission. Get a mission, model it for them. My mission and my vision is uh, I inspire minds, heal hearts and awaken souls. I'm here to be of service. And 
I have a contract with the divine that when I do that, and as I do that, I'm taken care of in all the ways, financially and otherwise. My mission, my work is to help people be more loving, uh, to experience more love, authentic love, agape love, not Hallmark and not Hollywood love. Oh, nice. And yeah. to educate and awaken, that's part of the awakening is as an intuitive, I'm just the bridge and shaman just translates to bridge between worlds. And I use that title very loosely. I've had formal initiations. My whole life has been an initiation as a healer um, and formal mentoring from, from practicing shamans and Reiki masters and the whole thing. But people always ask me like, how did you become an initiation and Peruvian shamanism and Lakota medicine people? And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sort of like, not. trust me, I've been through the work and I've lived it. So my whole purpose now is to share with others what I know and what I've seen as the truth. And that's part of the awakening. And so you're one of those souls who are already, you're probably early indigo, um, as I am, or maybe an indigo child, actually. And so you know, you just know, you just know what's right, and what's off the mark. Let's just not mm. say wrong. And how does that apply to parenting? Because our kids are here for us. Amen to that. One of my, um, sure. one, one of my, I just got off the, um, the TED, TED talk stage, TEDx San Diego honor. It was a great honor to, to be on the red dot and to share a message. My TED talk was called the true costs of divorce. I have a nonprofit organization. In addition to a healing practice, boutique energy healing practice. My work is, um, in the nonprofit realm. It's called uh, center for child safe divorce, and it's the home of the love before law movement. And I channeled this after the divorce that I experienced, um, 17 years ago. And the work, my upcoming book is called The Heart of Divorce. So all my work is about divorce can be a spiritual awakening. And relationships are not about what we think they're about. On a very deep level, we attract a partner, or we attract someone with whom we, we relate. And they are our sparring partner, meaning we're sparring partners aren't about fighting. They're about training. Mm -hmm. Think about two boxers when the sparring partner comes in. When there's conflict, it's the opportunity to get better at 100%. boxing. So it's not about, you suck, I'm out of here. This is like, okay, I, as a as a podcast um, host, there's like my mind is going to so many places. As a human, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm loving this. I just want to give people, and I hope you're open to have a little fun. You seem like the type of yeah. guy who is. I just want to give people a little vernacular. Like, I was just like, set the stage here. When Stu showed up to the podcast, he had on like a beautiful like Oxford shirt. And because um, obviously he has a lot of political affiliations. He's a leader in space, but he also has these <laughs> these other types of skills and abilities that he's been able to bring online that he's here to serve with, which I love. And then just to like as a cherry on top, can you hold up your mug that you were drinking out of? Oh, my mug? <laughs> and then he's got oh, a Dunder Mifflin awesome. mug. Yeah. Don't <laughs> take yourself... Don't take yourself too seriously. Some, uh, you know, one of my mentors said, Stu, you're way too serious. You're so intense. Just like lighten up a little bit. I, I think I'm the world's best boss. Yeah. I love it. That's amazing. That it just cracks me up because uh, it's, it's a funny show, but like, you know, and 
just as we're humans as and as parents, we show up and we have our own gifts and talents and abilities and desires to learn. And just because we now have little humans in our lives doesn't mean that we don't get to experience and play in that space. And it also doesn't mean we don't get to do the work. Um, so I love that you show up as a whole person and you're just ready for whatever. It's like, I get thrown off so little and I'm like, okay, which way do I, my squirrel brain is like, do we talk about healing or oh do we gosh. talk about it? It's yeah, perfect. Welcome to my world. Welcome to Sagittarius land. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Sagittarius land because I, I, I do, I wear so many different hats and I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a curveball right now. The, my last Facebook post, um, somebody dear to me commented, uh, left a beautiful message for Father's Day this year. And uh, Father's Day is my favorite day of the year. And my son is 21. And uh, it took until four o'clock in the afternoon for this child to reach out to me to say Happy Father's Day, Dad. So uh, it's cute. I, you know, it's like he's 21. Um, yeah. But I got this, That's I got this message and I replied. And I said, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Thank you for being part of the village. Awesome. And this is a person who doesn't have her own children. As I have many single people through a, mo a lot of my practice um, are single, single moms. Actually, I see a lot of women. Somehow the universe sends me that. But what I posted was, uh, what I commented was, ironically, my son at 21 is pretty self-sufficient these days. He's super successful, has his own business. He's a nature photographer. I said, the child I've been raising the most is the little boy inside me, inside me. Mm -hmm. and it's taken a village. So thanks for being part of that. And so at 55, I get to be nurturing and raising the most important relationship. And yeah. so, yeah, knowing that is what makes me the effective parent that I am today is that I'm not perfect. I don't know all the answers and I'm transparent with my son. There's some first principles you just, uh, spoke on that come to my mm -hmm. heart. And one is like the principle of like the mirror, like our relationships are meant to be a mirror of ourselves. They're not necessarily meant for us to overdo anything. They're really just there as a beautiful guiding light principle to show us how we're doing. So we can mm -hmm. decide whether we need to pivot or adjust ourselves, not much about us imposing that on others. And that very much feels like parenthood, but also in marriage, as you mentioned with divorce and as someone who's been with my partner for years, I've always, but obviously like we've dated people before we got married. I've always felt that like going into our relationship, we both very much felt like there may be not one person for every person because you're not the same person throughout your life as you grow and change and die mm -hmm. to yourself. And then right. you're, you know, you arise as the next version of yourself. I can very much see why that type of relationship no longer supports who you're becoming. And then you need to, you need to let that piece die to grow to the next version of yourself. Um, mm. So it's very cool. It was very cool to hear you speak on that and how relationships can change based upon your mirror to yourself and being honest with that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I don't, um, I, did, don't, I don't, I don't know the answer for everyone. It's, it can be very confusing in terms of, you know, traditional religious style relationships. We're supposed to be married and stay married for 50 years and, uh, have the golden golden anniversary versus uh, no about every ten years we get a new partner. I call that the trapeze way to go. You know, we just grab a new trapeze partner and let go of the other one. And it can be very conscious. It can be very loving. It can be very beautiful. 
um, you know, these days, multiple partners in polyamory, like, I don't know what, what someone's flavor is, but um, this knows inside here. And that's why I changed. And that's why I threw on, this is my turquoise. I um, and I, and I, uh, <clears throat> what I teach is that our children aren't ours. And yeah. I love parents when they're fighting, they're dug in and they just can't divorced or non divorced. My work is not just not in the divorce realm at all. It's about kids. It's about love and, and effective, effective relationships and conflict resolution. I don't talk about conflict. I talk about love. So what is loving and what love is a verb, it's actions. And the, what did I want to say, pulling it down. Our kids are not ours. They are the mirrors. They are the teachers for us. And deep spiritual masters, the masters have, have shared this for ages and it's first becoming, you know, more mainstream, maybe with social media and the consciousness rising, but our children choose us in spirit world. They choose with, from whom they're going to come through. And I love the parents who come to me and they're so dug in them. I can't get my kid to do this. And I, my, my, my ex won't do this, by the way, I never use the word ex. I train all of my clients. That's no longer, if you're, if you're divorced, you have a former husband or wife, you have my kid's mom or my kid's dad, or you can use their first name. This is no longer welcome in the vernacular when you have children. Why is that? Because it connotes a negative, yeah. it just X connotes negativity. And the children don't want to have any reference of negativity about their other parent. They come exactly. from each Both of you. them. I, I have a, I have a saying that they're half of each of us is a, there's a poster out there. I think I shared it with you, but that the truth is it's beautiful. That like, yeah. that, that hit my whole soul when I read, I'm going to make sure that we post those, those things for people to see. That's yeah. just like one of those things you can't just, you have to see it. It kind of just takes you in. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. It's effective. We're going to have that hanging in every, ideally, that's part of our nonprofit media um, messaging and raising awareness that our kids are half of each of us. So when we say negative things about the, their other parent, it pierces through their heart in order and to get to that And that's not even in person. divorced households. I mean, that happens every right. day right. in the cul-de-sac, and, right? <laughs> and and so what I, what I say is actually the deeper message is it's one third. They're one third mom, one third dad one third egg, one third sperm, and one third spirit. Yeah. Wow. Insert part A into part B, shake 10, 20 minutes, 40 if you're lucky. And, uh, you know, grab the remote. And nine months later, something comes out. Oh my God. <laughs> and who can claim ownership on that? Who's fighting in court? You didn't make the child. So, mm. and even in intact relationships, when you're fighting with your children, right? They're their own beings. They are coming from spirit as teachers. What are they teaching? Patience, tolerance, compassion, acceptance, diversity. Presence, you know, joy, presence. how to be. You ever forget like you're stuck in, you know, the grind, going to work, doing the stuff, trying to get all the things. Aubrey Marcus has this little poem that he has at the beginning of his channel that he got into like poetry. It's this cool rant, but it's like in the pursuit of the things we think we need to make us happy, we are missing the most beautiful examples of how to live and be. And they come through us for us. I love it. It's just the coolest thing ever, right? It's so I, good. I, I, I'm interested in, in looking up some of that work. COVID was 
I call COVID the uh, modern plague. Divorce is a modern plague as well. And I grew up in the Jewish faith, so we have this thing called Passover, and we have the the ten plagues that we tell from the story of when the Jews were um, chased out of Egypt. And COVID was a wake up. It was a it was an invitation to yeah. set to reset and see. Aside from all the the trauma of it, but mm. what did it do? It forced us ultimately back into some very basic natural settings. Let's go outside. Let's get in a van and drive around and take our kids out of the classrooms of this. Um, yes. Yes to that. And so I love, you know, I was raised in suburbia. I actually live in suburbia because it's convenience where I need to reach my clients, but suburbia is like cancerous to our soul. The yes. get in the car, go to Costco, go to Home Depot, go to soccer practice, go to dance recital, go to the store, come home, sit in front of big screens and eat and do it all separate from our neighbors who are, who live 15 feet to the right and to the left <laughs> so and true. never interact with them. Yeah. And it's mm. just not the way we were put on the planet. So we're, we're learning. COVID changed a little bit that. And this is always a fun conversation to have. Like you and I definitely have our foot in both worlds, right? Like we're in the the world of living, but we are very open to the veil is very thin for us, um, which is cool. And I can I can definitely get on with both people, and I love both people because I am I am I am all all of that. We are all that. But it's so fun for me to like watch the how this all plays out, and I think you're a really good representation of it especially because of what you do and that you're in service and that you're like a leader within your community. It's just, it's just, it's a beautiful example. Um, man, you said something about the, uh, the, 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 um, suburban life that kind of made me think of something. So as a parent going through the journey you went through, walk me through like how you came to do the work that you're doing. How did you discover there was a need for it? And then Stu, after multiple conversations with you, my friend, I still don't think I know exactly what you do because you're so <laughs> diverse. <laughs> so any light you want to shed there would also lot. be wonderful. I do a lot. Um, how do I, I got here from complete defeat. Um, had a lot of challenges growing up. I was sick as a child and I uh, had some disabilities and learning challenges that I never knew about, not, di not diagnosed, but I got through life and great school and um, always suffered in my careers because I never really was connected with anything that I did. I was always entrepreneurial, but I worked for big corporations, you know, Fortune 500 companies and sales and marketing. It's just where I gravitated, but it was never in my soul. And I hated going to work. I was good at it, but I hated it. God, you and, remind me of so uh, many people I know. It's so funny. Yeah. And um, diagnosed with narcolepsy, major depression, um, and ultimately divorce. Uh, and our son was very young at the time. And his mom uh, decided that I was not showing up, you know, in, in the masculine. I was not, I was not holding that role as a, as, as a husband. And and we were relatively young. So divorce was incredibly emotional for me. And ultimately it was the complete bottoming out. Mm -hmm. uh, I partied away the feelings for two years and then I took away all that. And when I started to feel everything and I started to get all these um, openings, just the opening to my intuition, I was led to Reiki circles here in, in San Diego. Yeah. 
And I live in a beautiful place on North San Diego along the beach. It's a very spiritual vortex. Um, there's a lot of healers that have, that have come here and light workers. So everything changed. Like I lost everything. When I say everything, I had to start up advertising business and I, it's a nationwide business model and the whole thing was going great. And then boom, like one day the investor I was counting on the literally the day the money was, the funding was going to come in. He just like disappeared. It was almost like he was an enigma. He just went back to China with no money to invest in my company. And I literally went broke, lost everything. Luxury apartment. Like I've had an eviction notice on my apartment. I've been to Tufts University. I should not have an eviction notice on my apartment. Wow. wow. All my vehicles repossessed. Um, Plural. <laughs> I, lear I, learned about, I, I learned about a thing called voluntary repossession. When you know you can't pay, you can call them up and say, can you please pick it up tonight? And it was the beginning of, I mean, it was crushing. And um, it's about 17, 16, 17 years ago. And I was sober and I had to feel all of it, I had to feel all of it. And it was a journey, the beginning of the awakening, which was the universe saying, okay, I've led you on through all these things. And now mm -hmm. it's going to be a little different. And, and your work is, is just about to start. And all the healing things that I had been led to for myself, I now was qualified to share with others. And mm -hmm. so I opened up my, my, I became a Reiki master. I opened up a little practice and um, kind of did it on the side for a while. And, but everything else hurt. Uh, I'm a creative visionary and I'm a, I'm a business coach. I, I use this intuition to help people. I, I just, when people say they meet me, what do you do? I'm like, I fix problems. That's it. That's all I do. I just, what, what's your problem? What's your issue? So I do it in business. I do it in people's lives and their families. Uh, but I'm also a healer as a gift. I have the ability to help people literally get unblocked from the blockages that we take on as humans. And if you know how we met, the, the person that introduced us is a client of mine. And, and, um, awesome. and she's pretty transparent, actually, Stacey. She's, she's been very public about her on, on her podcast and getting unblocked from what I call barnacles. So every trauma we take on in life, every emotional experience leaves a little oh, residue cool. in our yeah. channel. And somewhere along the line, I figured out um, through many, many ceremonies, I, I, I sit in a traditional Lakota sweat lodge ceremony, hundreds have been doing that for years, huge, huge honor and, and a blessing. Um, and I started to see things that other people don't see. And I started to feel things that other people don't feel. And I started to know things that other people don't seem to know. And that's clairsentience, clairaudience, and clair clairvoyance. Yeah, sure. And I can see literally when someone comes to me and I can sense and I can just know so there's, little, there's little splinters in your heart. What yeah. happened when you were seven? Yeah. And we start to pull those splinters out and they... Like, you know, a couple hours later, they just say, oh my gosh, it's amazing. How'd you do that? I'm oh, like, great, I didn't great. do it. I'm just the bridge. I just facilitated the healing to happen. So I'm a spiritual healer. I'm an intuitive. However, you, there's lots of different names. And when people say, what do you do? I say, I just fix problems, but I don't do the fixing. I'm just the facilitator. Which and, is exactly what parents should be for their kids. Yeah. The facilitator. Right. <clears throat> Stu, I want to indulge me. Did you always have such... A connection to these skills or did these come into your awareness mostly after you had to die to your own vision of what you thought you were 
It's a great question. Flashing back seven years old, I remember being in the back, lived in suburbia on Long Island and um, our neighbor, he was a physician. We called everybody aunt and uncle, like our neighbors back then. No blood I'm relation. Italian, but, so I get the model. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> Italians and Jews on Long Island. But there's something beautiful <laughs> of that because uh, Uncle Seymour, was a, he was a physician, interesting guy. He's totally in the CIA. He was a retired Navy uh, officer turned physician or Navy doctor. And uh, he would go away for like three weeks at a time and we'd never know where he went. Uh, so he was definitely in the CIA. And, but on the weekends he would ride his, he would ride horses and he had the greatest collection of turquoise and silver jewelry. And I was always drawn to it as a little seven, eight year old kid. And he'd show me his collection. And I remember being in his garden and just looking around at the plants and I was just, I knew that all these plants were alive with a soul and I could look at the rocks and I could say, that's, that has, that has consciousness to it. I didn't know what that word meant back then. Yeah. So I knew that everything was deeper. There was more life in everything. It wasn't just pretty flowers. And, but that's all I really knew. And then just, I just seemed to be able to finish people's sentences before they did. Uh, so that was my early awareness of intuition, but really those gifts opened up after the other stuff crashed. Right. Uh, the capacity principle, right? Oh man, this is so good. Right. Okay. The, I, I'm, I'm still supposed to talk our... about plant. I'm supposed to talk about plant medicine for some okay. reason. We're supposed to talk about that. Okay. Is we it... can, you want to weave it in now? I don't know. Uh, so many people are being led to ceremony and retreats and plant medicine is coming to mainstream popularity. And, and I say to parent, you know, right. This is parenting format. Um, the numbing out factor. Uh, the first thing when people come to me during conflict or divorce and I say, how much are you drinking? How many gummies are you taking at night? And I said, if you have kids, knock it off. They don't get to numb out first. Mm. Everyone's going to feel. Everyone in the family is going to feel. And so this whole thing with plant medicine right now is like, it, it's helping so many in a way, but it's also hurting a lot of people. It's, it's, like, putting it's like putting training wheels on and never taking like You have to take the training wheels off. You have to sit in your discomfort and do the spiritual work, which is natural. No plant, no altering needed because that's what children, children don't get to go take ayahuasca, right? <laughs> they yeah. have to feel and then process. And we can teach our children to tap into these energies of nature naturally without altering without any, without any psychoactive. Um, I mean, plant medicine is natural, but it's, we don't need to go psychoactive. We can do it with the breath. So I'm supposed to share that the most powerful thing is breath work these Amazing. days. It's coming just exploding in popularity for a reason. We don't need to be taking psychoactive Not substances and we can share this with our children. We can teach them how to use the breath to not only relax their nervous system, but to really heighten their whole awareness as humans. Okay. So this is the way my, my whole spirit operates. So you just gave us a, per a perfect example of what happens if you are to sit in your pain or your discomfort mm -hmm. or your shedding of your skin that no longer serves you and it is mm -hmm. to release or to birth the new version of yourself and by 
numbing ourselves or not allowing us to do it, several things happen. One, we don't get to become the next version of us. And also we are showing our children what they, you know, we're giving them a improper example. I think as parents, even without the plant medicine or without numbing, even without any type of substance, just in normal conversations, we are mm. doing this with our kids. So I, it, this kind of struck a chord with me because when you think about even commonplace things, like you need to be a good little boy or girl or whatever the saying is, or you need to show up or you need to pay attention, or we're going out for the day, you need to behave. What are you telling them in that mm. conversation? You're telling them that you need to behave because the real you, that's not appropriate. You are not appropriate. You need to be in this box. And I think that little boy or girl, y'all, it's in here. It is inside of us. And now we are tending with it as an adult. And we have the beautiful opportunity to tend to both at the same time, right? We're really parenting the little one in us and we're guiding and loving and walking with the little ones next to us. And so I love what you just said. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you have the insight. You nailed it. Uh, each time we're triggered by something in our kids, that's the opportunity to pause. And, and again, this is all, there's no perfection in this. There's get in the car. We got to go now, right? Get your sneakers on. Of course that's parenting, but there's also, you know, why are you crying? You know, why are you crying? How do you ask that question? The, just the same words with different inflection. Why are you crying? Would you like to share with me what's going on? What are you, what's happening? What are you feeling? It's safe to share with me. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? I'm here for you. Versus why are you crying? Yeah. Yeah. With judgment, punitive. Expectation. Oh my gosh. Yes. So we're learning. We're growing up. The and village. We are heading back. Yeah. Things are crashing down at various rates, right? Or we're, we're starting to see other ways. And we're headed back to that, these, um, the village, the model. I talked about suburbia. By the way, I love, uh, oops. Technical you know what I love? Let's just play with this. There, there's been two times that you've hit your mic. One was when you really? said, I'm it was like pure hit rock bottom. And it was like, boom. <laughs> like these things don't happen on accident, y'all. Like I, like I just see the world that way. So serendipities to me are just like different ways of energy finding. Like it's mm. like lightning hitting the ground. It's like the path of least resistance for the energy. So whenever things like that happen, I love it. I think that's amazing. That's great. Uh, the Ted talk I did two weeks ago, uh, I prepared, I've never prepared for anything as much as I did. It took me nine months to prepare literally daily. I was working on something that relate was related to this, this, you know, nine minutes took nine months to prepare. And during the talk, the one thing I had not prepared for at all, never even thought was technical issues with the mic. And during my talk, the theater has one of like, it's a brand new theater in La Jolla here. It's gorgeous. And they have the probably like award-winning world-renowned acoustics. During sure. the talk, it, the microphone kept going boom, boom. And I, I didn't know why, and I couldn't stop it and they couldn't stop it. I just kept going. They'll edit it out by the time it hits YouTube, but Hilarious. it was uh, thunderous. And you mentioned that there are no coincidences, no mistakes. Um, oh, I have all kinds of stories with technology and like Same. spirits. Are, yeah. Like I, I work in the spiritual realm. The spirit energy is very real and it is very much in our technology. So 
we, I don't know if you're nodding your head, you get this. There are people and yep. energy workers and light workers and other healers that I know we, we just roll our eyes because we know that our, our computers just fry out. Um, that was one of the things. I when fry I, these every two months, every two months, I need a new phone. See? It's the weirdest thing. Well, I look at it as it's a miraculous thing. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, so the energy, that was one of the, when you asked me earlier, what the, the transitionary or the, the time that things shifted was when I was, I had that outdoor media company and I was working furiously. I was, you know, I was so excited to be an entrepreneur after my divorce and I was working till three in the morning having the greatest time. And I yeah. started to get this absolute, uh, just the most excruciating pain was coming off my keyboard and my mouse and my phone. And when I couldn't touch them, it was, it felt like my fingers were being literally pounded. Hmm. And it was just that the resonance or the dissonance between the energy that it comes out of my fingers was meeting the energy at a, at a conflicting frequency that comes off these devices. So I'm super sensitive to, um, oh my gosh, I'm on a rant lately about toxic fragrances in domestic. Oh my gosh, please parents stop putting plugins in your home. Stop using the downy beads. Stop putting the fragrance laundry detergent and, and dryer sheets, please. It's poisoning yourself. It's poisoning your children. Yeah. yeah Pure yeah, yeah. toxic neurotoxic chemicals. Oh Pure. Yeah. It's awful. Good. Good, good point to bring up for sure. Behavioral Man. issue, like it's, it causes all kinds of other things uh, that you don't realize in your children and please stop. It's unregulated. Um, and if it says with essential oils, read the ingredients. If it says fragrance or perfume, please throw it out. Do not put it in your home. Do not put it in your car. Don't oh, expose God, your children's it. little brains to that. Man, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I heard something oh about gosh. that a few weeks ago. That, there's yeah, it's one definitely... thing. If there's one thing, like eat McDonald's every day, I don't care, but don't let them smell that poison. Don't eat McDonald's every day. Once in a while. <laughs> but like, no, but the, the neurochemistry, right? Like we're yeah. talking about technology a second ago, like our bodies, like whatever you subscribe to, like religion, science, both all doesn't matter. Um, like we're electromagnetic beings, right? That's why being mm. in the or on the earth, our feet on the earth, the electromagnetism, the connection is so freeing and healing to people. I have a brother who's like <clears throat> so opposite of me. He's like all like I don't know. Like I would call myself more like earthy spiritual, and he's like not. But he still like he still wants to get out every day and skateboard. He still likes to go fishing barefoot. Like we crave these things as humans, and there's a reason why. You don't have to. It's like gravity. You don't have to know it works. It just works, right? <laughs> and like the electromagnetism is one of those. So yeah. that's why there's always interference with the the technology. But to your point, the energy field, your electromagnetic field within your body, there's things that we can do to help keep it online. That's hilarious. And then my phone just goes off. Or, yeah. or things that we can do to dampen it, right? And all that intuition helps us as parents for our children to like perceive the world and know how to navigate and enjoy life. Because it's not always about damage control and they'll know how to navigate the problems. It's like, no, they just know how to show up and enjoy the world. You give kids an opportunity to do one or the other before they're taught. And they usually gravitate toward what's self-serving all the time, which usually leads them to feel really good, right? Going outside, mm -hmm. playing, being outside, outdoors. It's awesome. 
Well, the, and the key thing being outside outdoors, barefoot. So you just you just mentioned something. So I know your audience is uh, people who want to be the best parents possible. Uh, there's a saying a, a Lakota um, Native American woman elder in the community used to have a little sign outside the teepee that says, remove your moccasins. They will make you sick. Remove your, remove your shoes. They'll make you sick. Um, because our shoes are all rubber and they, they cut us off from those, that natural energy transference between us and mother earth, which is the source of all life. And that electromagnetic, uh, you asked what I do. I said, I tell people I'm just in the moving business or I'm an electrician. I just work with electromagnetic magnetic energy um, the thing if you don't want to if you don't want to come see me i love you know people travel to see me and we do you know full day journeys together it's super fun but if you don't want to come to have that expense and take the time just walk barefoot on the earth please that's a great start the reason that people are healthier inherently in third world nations is because they walk around barefoot mm -hmm. and we are cut off from that natural transferring of ions. We go to the beach. One of the reasons we feel so great at the beach is the ionic energy that comes from salt water. All my clients are in the bathtub with, with Epsom salts. It's non-negotiable. Salt you must yeah. soak, you must release these ions. So when we build up these ions, we become imbalanced and our nervous systems are electrical. Yes, yes. Okay, so, so I want to tie in one other thing you said, and then I want to bring it back to kids before we wrap, because I know we have a, a time, we're coming up on our time. So you, through your example of what you've gone through in life, reminded me of a principle I learned um, from this British guy named uh, Trevor Blake. You ever heard of Trevor Blake? No. Should Saucy I? British guy. Super okay. cool. So he's, he's in the business world. He doesn't... Um, Oh, it's cool because he's like a really cool blend of spirituality and, and science and business. So mm -hmm. he made his own healthcare companies, like billion dollar companies. He's on his seventh, but he always followed similar principles of getting out in nature and having time to um, like visualize. It's very simple stuff. He grew up, he's an older gentleman. So he grew up in a simpler time, but he's just done these principles for four decades now. And he's just always known they were going to work out and, it's, it's cool that he's using some of the principles we talk about here and they've obviously panned out very well in his life. Um, but what I love, you were an example of a principle he teaches called the spiral staircase. And I've talked about this once before on my show, but like when you enter a spiral staircase, let's say you're on floor one and you're facing a certain direction. And then when you get off on the floor you meant to land on, you are now facing that same direction. But by and large, 85% of the time in between A and B, the destination, you are facing away from the direction you are meaning to go. And I mm -hmm. think as parents, as people, human beings on this, you know, ball flying through the atmosphere, we forget that principle because we think every step needs to be linear. And that's so limiting to, mm. it doesn't serve us. So I love the example you chose because it showed had you not gone through the things that you went through, you would have not had the wherewithal, the experiences, the understanding, the space to help them people process through what they're going through. And it has mm. made you into who you are. And as I'm now on my own journey of my spiral staircase, I love to highlight that transformation for parents because not only are we on it, but so are our children. 
So not to jump to conclusions on which direction they are facing, you will learn a lot more from saying less and watching. And it usually plays out really well. I, at least I find the more I kind of step to the side and just watch, I'm amazed at the like the natural mm. in, like intuition or intelligence of the whole system. It's very cool. But you highlighted that and I wanted to bring it up. Thank you so much. I so appreciate the work you're doing and that you've created this platform to help parents be better parents. One of the things that I say is um, I love coaching men in particular on this. Women are very coachable. They're very receptive to healing. It's it's just more in our culture that women seek out and, and are open to doing work um, and growing and improving. Men, they're, they're a little harder headed. But I love the men that I that I work with uh, when I say, you know, where'd you learn to be a dad? And, you know, there's only there's one role model for the most part. Maybe we had a coach in school. Maybe we had a teacher. But really, we learn from our parents. And what we learned is how we end up doing it. So why don't we break the cycle and say that there's a different way? And by the way, don't blame your parents if they sucked. We're learning from them, even though they sucked. We're learning to do it differently. And I said, now the work is this humility. Don't make it up yourself. Go to the experts, go to the elders, go to the people, go to the therapists, go to the coaches, go to these masters, these people who are, who are teaching, go to the platforms like you are starting here where people have great proven, the key word is experience with great, mm -hmm. you know, positive things happening as parents with their children and be open-minded. The principle is just to be open-minded. I haven't reached that phase in life where I'm the, where I'm the strong, silent elder who's listening more than he's speaking. My work is communication. And so I am a channel to, to, you know, right speaking coach. So I use a lot of words, but it's those elders. And again, I go back to my dear community of Lakota elders and they, you know, stereotypical uh, native elder statesperson, man or woman is sitting quietly and has so much wisdom to share. So we, we have lost that lineage of elder states, women and men. We don't look up to our elders because we don't really have many that we respect. Mm -hmm. And they're not teaching us these ways. Who are the figures we've been culturalized to, to respect in this culture are celebrities and sports stars and like people who have had success in media and popularity. Oh my gosh, they're terrible role models, most of them. Uh, but that's what, um, you know, that's, no, that's why a lot, a lot of people in the hippie community have that bumper sticker, you know, throw up, throw out your TV, but no TV is wonderful. Social media is wonderful. It has benefit, you know, lo lovely, positive aspects because we're getting messages now like this, like you're sharing. Yeah. And so I like what you said about, um, you know, listen, observe, watch our children, uh, but look at ourselves and don't try to figure it out ourselves go in. This is what I say to the men. I go, when's it, like, some men can tinker under the hood of their cars, but these days, not much. Like you get an electric car, especially no way. Like you bring that thing into the expert. They know the factory settings. They are trained. We no longer get to work on and tinker with social or with the emotional welfare, unless we are, unless we were taught it in how to speak in healthy thoughts and feelings and using I statements instead of you punitive. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So th these are, these are things that are taught and learned 
And most of us didn't learn it from our families of origin. And we didn't have that mentorship. We didn't have those elders teaching us these ways. So we're going to get back to ceremonies. We're going to get back to rituals. We're going to get back yes, to right. some of the really basic things that happened in little tribes. I was recently part of, in my business life, I was recently part of an organization where uh, the leaders were creating a family and they literally used the word family and tribe. We're so excited. We're creating our own family here. But then there was an issue where two people spoke out in this very casual setting and they shared their opinions openly. And then they were rushed off to the principal's office and they were told, well, they can leave the organization if they don't want to get in line. I said, well, what What's is a family? A family? What does a tribe do? They put those people in the middle and they surround them with love and a strong container and they resolve whatever the conflict was publicly. This is the, the teaching of what used to happen in indigenous cultures or still happens in the very few that remain. So yeah. we're going to get back to that and we get, we get to create that in our own families. Exactly. Um, I think the other reason of so much sickness in our lives is especially in American culture, again, back to the suburbia thing or even urban living, we're all sitting there eating by ourselves. I yeah. just hit the mic again. Exactly. <laughs> we're all hit. We're all sitting by ourselves in other cultures. They eat together. Exactly. Yeah, I'm Italian. So that that slow food movement, like in the Italian, like traditional, not Italian American, but Italian Italy, you're feeding yourself just as much with the energy that you're surrounded by with familia, with your family, as yeah. you are with the actual food. So intergenerational, need... intergenerational uh, gatherings, multi-generational. Amazing. And to, so we've lost that. The American dream has said, chase the best job, you know, get into the best college, then go to wherever the best job is. You know, we can get on a plane here and we can move and we can live thousands of miles away. And then we become disconnected. We become cut off. We become Love separate. It. And so somehow when we get to create new family, we get to create tribe. Um, but the purpose of it all is to be a better human. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And so I use the word service. I didn't grow up learning this, but why we're here is not to have, we chase happiness in this culture. We chase success as defined, exactly. usually material and financial. We chase, um, entertainment, right? Pleasure. Comfort, right? My gosh, like to go to that, I forget who this, uh, who's the uh, Taylor Swift. Like that's the greatest thing you could ever do is get a ticket to a Taylor Swift show. Uh, no, the greatest thing you could ever do is take someone and gift them a ticket to a Taylor Swift show who never in their whole life would ever have the chance to even be able to afford one. And like what that does to the soul or yeah, share yeah. something, you know, give, not get offer. Yes. Don't just take. So teaching service, modeling that within four children had this vision of doing something called service, service Sundays, um, which is just connecting parents with when I was a single dad, um, and my son was young. I, I never had things to do. I didn't get invited to a lot of play dates on the weekends. I don't think, you know, they didn't really want me me around uh, in their family dynamics, right? I didn't fit. So 
I had to look for things to do. And so looking, just looking, there are, there's great websites and apps now. Nonprofits are, are publishing what they need and go clean up a trail together. Go clean yes. up the beach. Go visit some older people who are in assisted living. And um, so being of service and giving and offering is what really heals. It's why we're here. It's our purpose. And it's not just once in a while when it's a field trip through the school. Uh, I think that can be modeled in, in our family dynamic better. I love this. I appreciate you sharing all this. It, we talk about a lot on our show, having like a family crest or a family um, adage uh, to live by, what feels mm. good and for it to be developed as a family unit, not impunitively or top down, but for your children to really express what feels good to them. You talked about earlier, just by simply changing the way you ask things like, I've trained myself and we've trained ourselves to say, like, tell me the best thing about being you today. What's the hardest thing about being you today? How did that go? Yes. And just really being more open-ended. Open-ended questions. Yeah. And just sitting in what they show. And then when it's not pretty to be like, wow, that sounds like it was really hard. And not to give them a conclusion or a way to um, scapegoat their feelings, but to feel it and then say, how are you feeling now? Much better. Oh, amazing. So it's funny as you do these things, you don't even know you're doing them. It's like intuitive. And then your kids will start to show you what's important to them. They'll start to express the um, things that they want to model, the values that they share. So one thing that we do, we always invite our parents to do is start to play around with that concept. And if you were to create, like, think of the old crest from like, um, like the medieval ages, like this is what we stand it. for. In our tribe. Outlander comes to my mind for some reason. Like, um, like what is important to your family? And from what Stu's sharing, like service is very paramount because it's really hard to feel sad and self-loathe, self, self-worth things, self-loathing, self-doubt. It's hard to feel that when you're coming from a place of love towards someone else because mm -hmm. now you are showing up whole to give. And when that happens in children, it really does some really cool stuff. So service is definitely part of our family unit and what we what we stand for. And I love that I love that you bring that up. Um, so I'm going to have you wrap because I know we're at time. I'd love for you to explain like where people can find you and if you have any last thoughts um, you'd like to share on agape love. I, I venture this is maybe the first time some people are hearing about it, and I think it it's coming to my heart to bring up one last time. So anything you want to say there as we wrap. I forgot because we didn't mention it. Uh, yeah, I want to share that this is waves of love. Um, so agape love, what it, it's divine love, it's spiritual love, it's the essence of connecting love. Um, and so I started a project during COVID. This is an art piece my my son made. He gifted. I don't have an image wow. of it here, but half of this is was a wave that he captured called Half Heart. That is favorite bodyboarding spot, and he made this image connecting the waves and he gifted it to me for father's day when he was uh, 16 years old. And wow. so it's the one image he won't sell, but I started a movement during COVID called waves of love international. And so we're help we're healing the world through heart centered art and uh, a music festival is pending around that. And, and so to raise awareness that to help just people experience more love, feel more love and share more love, sending out waves of love, literally energetically, we can do that. When we say, oh, send them my love. Really? Did you just actually mean what you said? Mm -hmm. We have the ability to express love with intention, with prayer, with really sending that energy out. The same way 
we send a card or send a gift like this. There's more than five love languages, but that's a whole other podcast. So agape love is available to everyone to receive it. That's my next TED TED talk actually is is on this topic. There's a wave of love coming to the shoreline of America and it's available to everyone. And so we just have to call it in. We have to be open to receive it and then we can send it out to others. And so that's what we're doing through Waves of Love International. People can find me in a multitude of ways. It's really exciting. Uh, uh, StuartWeintraub.com or Stu Weintraub, S-T-U, Weintraub.com. Maybe you'll post it under the podcast. Uh, LoveBeforeLaw.org is my nonprofit organization to help parents uh, keep their kids out of the conflict of divorce-related um, messiness, help keep kids out of the crossfire and then waves of love international to help heal the world through heart centered art. Any one of the number of ways. So I love, uh, raising awareness. I love to go out and speak. I love, uh, co- available one-on-one coaching and healing sessions. Uh, very, very, uh, personalized and boutique customized Mir- I watch miracles happen. That's what I do. I see miracles in all of my clients. And it's just such a gift to help people wake up and, and shift and have an experience, change one, open one heart, heal one soul, and then the trickle down, how it changed the world. So it starts with parents to kids. Sometimes it goes kids to parents. And we are all, no matter what age, we always have that inner child relationship to, nur- thinking, to yeah. nurture and nourish. Um, I love working with, I'm just coming through right now is I love working with people who are um, feeling stuck and stagnant and maybe they're single and they can't find that partner or repartnering. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times energetically from old relations, they haven't had the cords cut energetically. They haven't detached from old entanglements. And so people don't know this. They can't see this. They have no idea what this means even. So they're not going to attract new energetic loving. And by the way, we have to have that love inside and vibrate it out. You know, this, we can't experience real love with someone unless we're have, we have it inside. So come see me to get unblocked from it. We just, we just power wash some stuff in there. And then all of a sudden you're beaming. That's the way we that's the way we do it. I love it. Oh my God, this is amazing. Oh, wow. You're dropping some bombs. I love the way, <laughs> again, you show up. Um, you're very humble and we didn't even get into this in the show, but you're making big changes in um, the areas that you live in, in the world. And just for politicians to start to show up in this way is like speaking of love, like just from the core of my everything, just awesome. Um, so Stu, thank you again for being on. And parents, you, you guys know... Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, You guys know we're here every week for you guys. So let us know how we can uh, show up, how we can serve you, what you want to learn. And we'll go find, I say we go find amazing people like Stu, but more often than not, they just show up in our space and uh, it's for a reason and we we know how to connect them. So until the next perfect time, everybody stay beautiful and stay inspired. Have a great night, guys. Beautiful.